Hi, everybody. Merry Christmas to you. We're so glad you are here. Uh, Let's take a quiz together. I'm going to ask you some Christmas questions and see if you can guess the answer. Now, guess it in your head. Don't shout out the answer. We'll do a show of hands in a minute uh, to see who's smart and who's not. (laughs) Question one. What is the most streamed Christmas song on Spotify of all time? Is it White Christmas by Bing Crosby, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey, or Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee? Who thinks it's White Christmas? Oh, several of you. All I Want for Christmas is You? Yeah. Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree? Yeah. Sadly, it's Mariah Carey. Uh, She certainly wins well over 500 million streams to date of All I Want for Christmas is You. Uh, Number two. Esquire magazine ranked the top 40 Christmas movies of all time. Which one came in at number two? Is it National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, It's a Wonderful Life, or A Christmas Story? How many of you think it's Christmas Vacation? It's a Wonderful Life, A Christmas Story. Now, this one surprised me. They put It's a Wonderful Life at number one, which we get that. It's got the history and all that. They gave the number two spot to Christmas Vacation. A Christmas Story came in number three, but here's the weird part. Esquire Magazine is designed for men. They put Die Hard at number 25. (laughs) Because we all know Die Hard is the number one Christmas movie ever made. Question number three. Which saying is most associated with the Christmas story in the Bible? Is it Merry Christmas? Happy Holidays? Is it Season's Greetings? Or none of those? How many of you would say it's Merry Christmas? Happy holidays, seasons, greetings. Okay, none of those are in the Bible. It's none of the above. (laughs) The the saying that is most associated with the Christmas story in the Bible is the only statement that is made three separate times throughout the Christmas story. In fact, this statement leads off every announcement of the birth of Jesus. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, the announcement to Joseph But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Then to Mary in Luke chapter 1, verse 30, and the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Then to the shepherds, Luke chapter 2, verse 8. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. If you want one statement that summarizes Christmas, it's don't be afraid. Do not fear. Now, on one level, I think it would be easy to understand why the angels would have to say such a thing. Seeing an angel would probably be a little unnerving. Angels in the Bible are not chubby naked babies with wings. They're not your precious moments, little you know, statues. They are fierce warriors. Anytime they show up, they have to announce first and foremost, don't be afraid because everyone who sees them is scared to death and usually on their face in their presence. But there's a bit more going on here. The deeper reason I think the angels keep saying don't be afraid isn't just because the people were necessarily afraid of them. They didn't want people to be afraid of what they were about to say. 
They didn't want people to be afraid of this baby to be born. They don't want anyone to be afraid of Jesus because fear could easily be our natural reaction because Jesus isn't your average baby. This is the coming of the Son of God. In fact, according to John chapter one, this is God in the flesh. Well, that's not tame. That's not safe. To hear that God is coming could certainly induce some fear because why? Why now? Why has God chosen to show up on planet Earth? Is he coming to judge? Is he coming to punish? Is he coming to condemn? I mean, hearing that God is going to show up to see you is, is maybe a, a little bit like that feeling you get when you see the red and blue flashing lights in your rearview mirror. I mean, I've never seen such a thing, but I know that you have. It's not a pleasant feeling, is it? I mean, your first thought is, well, this isn't good. What, what did I do wrong? This is bad. There's instant panic. There's instant fear. That's not what the coming of Jesus is about. The arrival of Jesus on the earth was not meant to induce panic. It wasn't meant to create fear. Christmas isn't something we cower from. It's something we celebrate because this is God coming for us, to be with us, to reach out to us. Philip Yancey wrote that the very birth of Jesus is about God wanting to be approachable. He wrote this, the God who could have roared, who could order armies and empires like pawns on a chessboard. This God emerged as a baby who could not speak or eat solid food or control his bladder and who depended on a poor teenage couple for shelter, food, and love. God could have arrived in any way that he wanted to arrive. He chose to come as a baby. The most gentle, approachable way imaginable. God intentionally chose to relate to us in a way that did not cause us to fear. And here's why. Because the God who came is the God who came for a relationship with you. To be a father to a son and to a daughter. That's why Jesus said that when we pray, Matthew chapter six, when we pray, we begin by calling God Father. He uses the special word when he calls God Father. It's the Aramaic word Abba. It's, it's the most intimate family term that there was. A term used by very small children to refer to their parents. And some linguists have gone so far as to say that word would rightly be translated as dada. It's the words that a baby might use in the arms of a loving father. That's who God wants to be for you. That's what the coming of Jesus at Christmas proves. Listen to how this is talked about in the Bible. Romans 8, verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. That's what Jesus came for. That's what Christmas is about. He came to show us the way toward a relationship with God, to restore a relationship with God. And friends, all the things that you and I have done to undermine that, all of the things that we have done to tear away at that, the sins we've committed, the things that we've said, the things that we've done, the things that we have thought, everything that the Bible says has resulted in our spiritual death, all of those things were taken by Jesus to the cross. They were removed 
from you. He paid the debt for those things at the cross and he offers that payment to you as a gift. And that's why the angel didn't stop in the field that night speaking to those shepherds with fear not. He kept going. Luke chapter two, verse 10. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The message of of Christmas isn't that Jesus came to condemn you. He came to save you. Do not fear. What a message, I think, to ponder in such a challenging season of life that we find ourselves in. What an important message to hear as we say goodbye to 2020. Do not fear. Friends, you don't have to be afraid of a virus. You don't have to be afraid of social unrest. You don't have to be afraid of political manipulation. You don't have to be afraid of unemployment. You don't have to be afraid of financial woes. You don't have to be afraid of relationship problems. We don't meet Christmas with fear. We meet it with joy. As in joy to the world. Why? Because the Lord has come. And that changes everything. So how do we respond to the Christmas message? Well, that's up to you. Nobody gets to make up your mind for you. Nobody gets to dictate for you how you're gonna respond. But countless people have decided that the love of God that is fleshed out in Jesus Christ is worth a closer look. And many of us in this room have done exactly that. We've pushed past whatever negative experiences we might have had with church or with religion in general. We've pushed past some of the hypocrisy that we've seen in the church in the name of exploring Jesus a bit more fully. And we have found that the Christian faith isn't about some program to attend. It's about a person. It's not about a a religion and so that we could do religious things and feel better about ourselves. It's about a relationship with the God who came for you. And we have found that not only does Jesus stand up under any amount of intellectual scrutiny, he meets us at our deepest point of need. And you can explore that for yourself. Even if your journey begins with a a, a pretty healthy amount of skepticism and doubt and distrust and cynicism, you can still search. Now, I, I can't speak for every church but I can speak for this one. This is a safe place for you to come and hear, for you to come and see, for you to come and experience, for you to come and explore. It is a safe place to bring your questions. It's a safe place to bring all of your junk and all of your mess. This is a safe place to bring everything that you don't post about on Instagram and Facebook. The marriage that's hanging by a thread, the child you don't know what to do with, the fears, the insecurities, the addictions and the unemployment and the bankruptcy and the scandal and the divorce and the adultery, the raw spiritual confusion. Because know this, whatever it is that you might bring to Jesus, you are not the first one to have brought that to him. He is not scared of what you need to bring. So what an incredible response it would be this Christmas 
for you to start your own journey of exploration into who Jesus is and what that can mean for you. Others of you, you've already done that. You're not here because you're exploring. You're here because you've already explored and you have found out where that road ends. And it's in a good place with a restored relationship with the God who loves you. You have already firmly put yourself in the Jesus camp. You're with him, you've identified with him, and you have already drunk deeply from the well of grace. And you've experienced the beauty of forgiveness. You have that restored relationship with God that's only possible through faith in Jesus Christ. When this time of year rolls around for you, your heart is ready to burst with joy. It is ready to burst with thanksgiving for who he is and for what he's done. It's ready to burst with celebration. And for, for those of us for whom that's true, we respond to Christmas in a different way. We worship. We celebrate who Jesus is and what he's done for us. I'm gonna pray. And then after I'm done praying, we, we have a, a gift for you. Because we know days like today are hectic. You got family coming in and out of town and some of you still have some travel to do. You've got presents to wrap and food to cook. Some of you still have to shop and you're running out of time. You've got stuff to do. We know that. The logistics of days like this can be a nightmare. We, we would like to think that days like today are, are so sweet and relaxed and quiet and calm that we can focus on the things that ultimately matter, but we all know better. So we've incorporated into our time purposely for you to sit for the next few minutes and just listen. Because the, the band's gonna come back out and, and they're gonna present the message of Christmas in a song. We just want you to listen to it. Just hear what it is that this day is really all about. And then when that song is over, we invite you to take communion. You received it when you came in after the song is over, take that little piece of bread and with it be reminded of the body of Jesus sacrificed for you. Take that cup of juice and with it be reminded of the blood of Jesus that's been poured out to pay for your sins so that you could have a restored relationship with God that's only possible through faith in Jesus Christ. Because that, my friends, is what Christmas is all about. That is, is why he came to the earth. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we, we don't take it lightly that we get to use that word, that we get to address you as Father. We're overwhelmed that you would let us do that because by nature, none of us are your children. But by your mercy, because you love your people so greatly, you came here. You went to the cross on our behalf. You extended the invitation of adoption to be sons, to be daughters of our heavenly Father. What an incredible gift. So for the next few moments, we are reminded of the beauty that is Christmas that God has come to the earth. God is with us. We are profoundly grateful 
for Jesus, for who he is, for what he has done, because he's changed everything. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.